Welcome to Your Best Bets. Monday nights, uh, I don't know what today is, April 17th is uh, when we're recording this podcast. It's going to be a little bit different than normal. Usually there's some sort of agenda or topic, golf, uh, local golf, betting of some sort. Uh, Literally wrote nothing down for this one, and we're just going to see where this thing goes. Um, I, I labeled it everything with, uh, with with Tim Miller. Tim, it's been, I guess, since the preseason football show where we talked about a lot of different things with the NFL. I think that was September. So it's been a second. Uh, good to have you back. What's up, man? Yeah, I, I thought maybe I said something uh, that offended your audience or something in that last podcast I was on, and I I had to take a break and calm down. I thought I was pretty mild, but um, I don't know how sensitive your audience is. Well, to be clear, I mean, I've asked you back two or three times to talk about golf, and you're like, I don't fucking know anything. So, well, so. I mean, I'll be honest, like honestly, like the January golf, it's it's not that appealing to me. You know, like December, January, not that appealing. You know, February it seems like the tour really ramps up and a lot of good events, and I've been pretty religiously watching golf uh the last few weekends you know obviously with the masters um but like phoenix is always a big one for me especially you know since i, I got the chance to go last year it's become one of my favorite events and it's kind of cool to look back and think you know we, we saw a pretty awesome ending of the tournament kind of like the rbc this weekend you know like you, you don't see too many of those where they go that many playoff holes and it's pretty yeah. exciting so um not a golf expert like like you and Johnny. I just uh, I casually follow, but I I really do like to watch it. The golf has been very very good this year. I mean, the elevated events have been really good. The RBC. I mean, you get two top 10, 12 players in the world at a playoff. That's pretty. That's pretty good shit with a couple other guys hanging around. Um, Patrick Cantlay is showing you what not to do as far as pace of play um the last couple weeks on tour and we were talking about you know i bet matt fitzpatrick you said i hate that i hate his face whatever i'm like okay i'm fine with that um i still do by the way i'm fine with that i said i i said look at my face i mean what can i say but i said his his pace of play is is inspirational it's it's awesome i mean so you gotta at least i know playing golf with you forever one of our big uh, pet peeves playing with other people that are slow players is hurry the fuck up so i mean at least guys well, like guys like I, that it's fun to watch them when they can get on with it really quickly i i appreciate fast play or or quicker pace of, of play i don't like a slow play i was actually told for the first time in my life on the golf course this weekend um when Nine holes took two and a half-ish hours, maybe a little bit more. I was told if I didn't want someone to hit into me, I should play faster. And that was the first time on the golf course that I really considered, you know, hurting someone pretty bad. Um, I kind of exploded on that person. And, uh, you know, I I don't play slow. 
I never looked, I, 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 that's what I told the people I was playing with. Like, I've never been accused of being a, a slow player. I, I have become, I feel like a little bit slower the last year because of last two years, because of the swing changes I've made. And I, I'm going through so many like checklists in my head that it has slowed me down a little bit. Uh, but Amanda says it's, it's really not as slow as I think it is. So, um, I understand you got to take your time. You got to get that focus, you know, watching can't live free shot. It's painful. And it, something has to be done on the tour about that. I, I believe like, but I, I also agree with some, like what he said about when you play on really fast greens, it's going to take longer to hole out. Like I know that because I see it all the time at Riverbend. You mm-hmm. don't, People show up at that course thinking they're just playing around the golf and then they're putting it six or seven times on the green because they've never played there before and they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And that is something that at that golf course, I believe that's why we have such slow rounds sometimes because the greens are fast. They're they're not just fast, but they're undulating. You don't have too many flat putts there. So they're uphill, downhill, side hill. So it's I kind of get it. I kind of get what Cantley was saying. Um, I don't know. Like, I just know casually from what everybody said, he was playing slow. But I, he, he said that the groups in front of them were right there. Like he was pushing them all day too. So yeah. if that was true or not, I don't really know. But he didn't make a hole in one the other day. So that's right. He did. It's a good point about just the amount of time on the greens because of how many putts it takes to, to hole out, I guess. And, and I know, I think you feel the same way. It's, it's to me, it's less about the time on the greens that it's more getting to the green and preparation for the next shot. When you're hitting your shots 20 yards behind me, which you normally are, um, then I'm, <laughs> then I'm ready after you hit your shot, I've already got my yardage. I know what type of shot I'm hitting. I know the win. I'm not starting my pre-shot routine after you've already hit your shot. I should be 80%, 90% into it. And once once you've hit, I can get up there and hit the ball within 30 seconds. It's the guys that you play with that are doing the opposite and they're getting ready. I mean, unless it's my balls directly in front of you, but if you're on the, you're in the left rough, I'm in the right rough. There's no excuse for me not to be ready to hit the shot. Um, Who's the slowest player you've played with? The slowest player I've played with like recently. Last couple of years. Um, Time to name names. I feel like, I, and I really enjoy playing with him. And I don't believe he's like a slow player. I just feel like I play with a lot of people that that play at a, a good pace and a, and a fairly quick pace. But um, Aaron Taylor, he's you know he he's pretty methodical, and that's good. He's a really good player, so it's good for him. But I don't, I don't, I still don't look at him as slow. He's just probably the slowest of anyone I've played with. I've- only play with them once. I think that was the city a couple years ago at Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But yep. can't can't remember because I had my own struggles that day. No, um, and the thing is, it's not like he's slow. Like, okay, one thing that really drives me nuts, especially playing just casual golf. And it kind of bothers me on the tour too, just watching the tour. But on just with casual golf, 
when someone won't start reading their putt until it's their turn to putt. So say you're playing mm-hmm. a foursome and, and they're the, the third one to putt on the approach shots, mm-hmm. but they don't really take a look at it until mm-hmm. their balls on the ground and they're actually about to putt. I, you know, I, and on the tour, I kind of feel the same way. They do it all the time. You know, they'll, they'll start talking about it. And it's almost like it's a spectacle or something on the tour. Like everyone's looking at us and we're reading this putt. I don't know what it is when it's, you're just playing on a Sunday with people, but that's something that does bother me. Same idea. That's I what mean, I was there's just a saying. lot of things, a lot of things that bother me, but yeah. Yeah. It's the same idea. So it's on the green itself. Yeah. Like, yes, it's the, it's, it, it's just all around the course. You just be ready. You just play ready golf and, and I don't see why the tour has to be any different. I know they're playing for money and I know it's, you know, that's their livelihoods. But like at the same time, you know, should, should it take that long? I mean, I don't really think playing as a threesome, it should ever take more than four hours, you know, like ever. But it, it takes that long a lot. Like that's, it's kind of the standard. Then what happens is you play a course and it's not busy and you play it for a while and you can play in three hours and you get used to that pace and then you're slowed down and in four hours feels like about six hours and then you play in something like the five man or some of these scrambles that are like fundraisers and they're six hour rounds and you just want to pull your hair out because if you're not getting wasted it's supposed to be a fun time but it's it turns out to be the opposite of that and you're just kind of waiting for the end um i you know i feel like i think we're both pretty quick players i feel like i've when i've been out there the last couple of years i've slowed myself down on the greens maybe a little bit more um taking two three angles reading the putts maybe more than i used to um uh and I don't know if that's just something I picked up by playing with other better players or if that's just something, I don't know, but I've, I have recognized my, in myself that I've played a little bit slower than, than I used to just on the greens at least. Um, but I, I, I think, and maybe it's just me focusing on that's, that's where I can score or potentially score. And that's, that's the difference maker versus, uh, you know, a nine iron from the fairway. Right. Just some reflection. Question about uh, the five man. Uh, we just saw news come tonight, um, and I'll have Brian Straley on. I think next week now. But um, five man got moved from this Saturday to the next Saturday. Um, I guess we'll see for a lot of teams if that's going to affect some uh, schedules for players on on each of the teams. Affects our team greatly, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I read the email uh, when I was getting on this pod, uh, looking for your Zoom email, and I read what Straley said. And you know, I, I I get it. I get what he's trying to do. And they built this in, and um, and he said, I hope it doesn't negatively affect too many teams. But like, you know, we are losing a scratch golfer and or a plus two. You know, plus one. Some Johnny's the best player on the team, kind of by a lot. So. We're losing our number one. That's a that takes it from where we felt like we could contend to now. It's like, you know, we're hoping for miracles happen uh, on the 29th, where we're dumping them from the fairway, we're making 40 footers or something because it's 
it's going to take that kind of stuff because we understand. Yeah. I think, I think when it comes to golf, we're pretty, pretty realistic. I think we always kind of have been. And I think we, we kind of know where our game is and we understand where our game is. And, you know, we, we don't try to make it seem like we're playing better than we are, or we are better players than we are. We just kind of realists about it and where we're at right now. Like I, I think we could probably finish middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better. Well, that's also if we find a fifth player, you know, that's the, uh, the other part of that you got to have, a, you know, you need a fifth out there. So um, we'll be digging around. I guess if anybody listens to this podcast, that's like a five or better, uh, preferably like closer to scratch. Give us a, give us a shout. We'll, uh, we'll get you signed up. <laughs> that's right. Free advertising here. Yeah. it's gonna And be I know tough. you and Brian have a relationship and, and you know, uh, but how do you feel about it? I mean, I, the forecast, um, it definitely looks shitty. It actually looks shittier than it did earlier today because now it's like a 90% chance of rain. Um, the, yeah. I guess the biggest problem is like when you kind of play for it to be bad and then it's still bad the next weekend, or you lose teams because of, uh, you know, like Johnny's situation. And there's a lot of that out there. So, um, yeah. You know, I guess it's the risk you take scheduling an event. I kind of wonder why wouldn't they do this after this season, like postseason, um, maybe in like September, like late September, early October, even. I think you got a better chance of catching the weather. All the, the club events should be over by then, or or I would think they would be. I think, you know, ours is usually Riverbends is like middle of September. So like, and you might get some more, you know, involvement. It didn't look like it was like completely full this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't yeah. remember what I counted, but I, it just, you're taking a risk doing this, uh, the spring and in April and maybe changing it to later in the year would be a, a good option. Yeah. And I actually was going to ask Brian this question because it feels like if you've played in the five man for a while, it feels like, it feels like we're doing this every year when we're projecting, is it going to, is it going to hit 50 degrees? Um, is it going to be rainy? It feels like, I mean, I feel like the last 10 years, I think we've played in this one every year and half of them have been pretty poor weather. Um, you know, how, how the schedule is constructed, you know, there's, there's three events before the city qualifier. I wonder if you could just push this one back to the middle of May and sort of stagger everything um after that with the hall of fame and then the the summit city which is replacing the little city everything just goes back a couple weeks i mean you basically have from the am open june 24th and the 25th the next event is the city qualifier july 22nd i mean that's a good four or five weeks i think you could push that one back to early mid-july almost and um everything will be staggered accordingly if this one was just moved back three weeks, which I think makes a big difference this time of year. That's something I want to ask Brian, but yeah, as far as our team, uh, as you mentioned, uh, no one's more self-aware than you or you and I about our own golf game normally. And uh, um, I would, I would say you accurately portrayed that pretty well. We have some, we have some talent, but we, when, when you got one of the best players in the city on your team and you're losing that person, it's, it's a big gap to fill. And then I don't, 
I'm not, I'm not sure if everyone else can step up their games enough. We got one guy that's playing really well. I think you're, you're, you're at least out there getting reps. Uh, I've, I'm pretty much no reps unless you count playing the par three course at McMillan this past weekend with, uh, you know, my nine year old and 11 year old, which nine holes felt like 50 um, walking with them. Uh, right. That was, that was tough, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I, we'll have to see what happens here in the next few days as far as filling our team, but um, hopefully next week, got some interesting stuff to talk about with Brian as far as the schedule setup and and how some of that's constructed. Um, I got one more PGA tour question and maybe we can, we can move on to something else. Um, so we got a bunch of guys right now with multiple, well, at least one major, but a lot of these guys with multiple majors and a lot of really good players. If you think of Rory with four Brooks with four um, Spieth with three majors um, JT with two, Morikawa with two, then Rahm and Scheffler with one. Um, I, I don't think I'm missing anyone majorly from the group of those guys. I mean, who's who's going to come out with the most majors in their career? Who would you take? Mm. Wow. It's a tough That's one because tough obviously Rory Brooks – have a huge head start, but they're a little bit further in their career than say Rob and Scotty got a four or five, six years on those guys. I still kind of like speed. Mm. Um, I, I, I still, I JT, I would have said at one time, but he is rough right now. Like he's, he's just struggling. Tough. Um, and, and it sucks because I really like JT, but like, it's, it's just really struggling right now. And, so I don't know where his game's going or it's, you know, I, I, I play golf long enough. There's ebbs and flows and there's, there's definitely highs and lows with it. And you're, you're always battling, but for these guys, I don't know. You, you don't, there's so many good players coming into the game that like, you can't screw around waiting and waiting to get a major. You got to go get the next one because that might be the last one you actually get a chance at. So I still like Spieth, though. I mean, Spieth has been playing really good golf. Um, sure he has been. Yeah. Just case can't win, you know. Yeah. Like, is is that going to be the the thing that he's gonna he's gonna play really good and he's just not going to win? Or I really believe he's going to get some of these, you know. Like, honestly, the the first playoff hole, you know, I, yeah. I thought he he buried that putt, and you know, it, it was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, he's right there. Um, I, I like Brooks though. I like Brooks too. So out of those, out of that group, I would say one of those two. Rory is weird right now. Like I don't really know what's going on. Like I don't understand why he missed this weekend. And you know, he's the big PGA, you know, spokesperson. All of a sudden, and he just kind of. I I don't I don't like that's, that. That's, really. that's that's a bad look. That's a pretty bad look. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Rory guy, but I don't. I couldn't quite understand that one. Um, Okay, back to Spieth real quick. Um, you know, I, I think Johnny and I have talked about this when we previewed some of the majors. I, I, I mean, I feel like we'll contend at the Masters for the next 15 years. Like, he should have won two or three green jackets. Uh, I think the Open always sets up really good for him, too. Uh, the, the, the U.S. Open and the PGA, I feel like, aren't as advantageous setups for him because of how he hits it off the tee sometimes. Now, this, this last week, he was sitting on a string, which – it's kind of unspeed like 
know, usually he'll give you a, a couple of roller coasters around, but he really didn't. I just think did I general, hear that he got a shaft just like specifically for this weekend, like a different shaft in his driver. I I thought in the coverage they said something about this was a new shaft specifically for this course. Hmm. So maybe he just needs to play that everywhere, except yeah. for that one that he dumped in the water. I don't remember what hole uh, that was. Ten, number early 10, in the yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, I so I, I think overall those two set up great for him. The US Open PGA not not as perfectly. I mean, right now, I mean it's it's such like a in the moment take, but Rahm and Scheffler just seem like they can play and contend on any type of course because Scheffler's won six times the last fourteen months and it seems like I mean, this past weekend, I think I saw he was second tee to green, but he his putting was, you know, bottom third of the field again. And it's just right now, short putts kind of get him from time to time. Rom just has a high four. I mean, if I had to pick one, gosh, I mean, it's, you know, I'd, I'd like to think Rom at, and I'm sorry, I incorrectly said Rom had one. He has two. I mean, Rom just feels like the guy to me that's going to end up with, with six. I think that's where. Johnny and I both had him when we did the Monday show last week was six or so majors. But like I said, it's, you know, Rory went on his run years ago, Brooks did, Spieth did, and then some losses mount, scar tissue mounts, and it becomes harder. And, you know, it's been nine years since Rory's won a major. That's pretty inc incomprehensible. Um, so we'll have to see what happens when some of these – some of these flip the other way and he, you know, he loses in the playoff here or there, he finishes third and it seems like it's harder to win the older you get. And then there's guys like Morikawa who I still think's <clears throat> primed to win a bunch of them too. Cause I still think he's one of the best iron players in the world. JT is going to be around. So I just think it's a great time for golf and um, you got all these guys in their prime and then there's going to be this, you know, a bunch of young guys that are coming, like a Cam Young that feels like he's his game's made for majors. I would have said Zalatoris before the injury, um, but you're right. So it's 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 going to be good. Next Golf question. Is good right now. It, Golf it is, is good. So good right now. And I mean, I, I obviously it's kind of not arguable that it's the most talented that golf has ever been, and that's just. I think that just goes to show, like how good the game is in general and how kids are picking it up younger. I mean, it used to bother me to see kids out on the course, like, you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers, because they're just out there screwing around. Well, these kids, they're playing now, you know, even if they're not on teams, they're, they're still competing. They want to, they want to get better at this game. And it, it makes me happy when I see that because I, it's not like I ever thought golf was going to die. And I was just like doing my best to keep it alive. You know, it, it, it's, it's just growing and it's a great thing for the game. But at the same time, you know, Fort Wayne keeps losing golf courses. It just gets harder and harder to get out on them and find some place to play. And uh, that part kind of stinks a little bit. I mean, there's times that I just wish Riverbend was private because it, there's so much public play there, like all the time, you know, like the members definitely get their rounds in, but it is. It's busy, and that's great for the golf course. But um, it's the the guys that come out that don't belong there, um, and we get those every once in a while. But we have some pretty good uh, self policing going on up there with the, with some of the members. But but it's a good, it's a great time for PGA golf, and it's just a great time for golf. And 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 I see more women on the golf course. 
Like I see way more women than I ever did. And I just think it's awesome. And some of these chicks can really play. I mean, they can really hit the ball. Their swings are much smoother than ours. They just seem like they, mm -hmm. they, they can move their body the right way when guys are trying to use like brute force to hit the ball. They're just moving hips and, and it's a, it's a good time for the game though. It's awesome. We can I was, I, well, I was going to say, I always think it's good for players at our level to watch LPGA because they, they're just like, you, their tempo is just so much smoother. It's the game is played differently. It's played more like the way we'd have to play it. And it's not driver wedge fest like it is on most PGA tour courses where they're hitting hybrids and mid irons in. And um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to really watch. But it's obviously translates to uh, everyday golf and, you know, locally, like you mentioned. Um, next Here's question. Weird, like, Here's a weird comparison between like watching LPGA. Hey, this is an everything show. So I just thought of something, but like I, I thought of this when I was watching the women's national championship, the final four basketball, yep. Yep. I thought the style of basketball they play is so much better than the men. Like they, they use fundamental basketball. It is they're They're not slow, you know, like it, the pace is good. They just really don't dunk it. So like, Mm -hmm. they are chucking threes, but they are still trying to make layups. There's a lot of pick and roll going on. There's just movement. All the time. And that's the kind of basketball that I grew up on was like, you just, if you were standing there, you're doing something wrong and you turn a game on now. And that's all you see is guys just stand around. I mm -hmm. mean, mm -hmm. so do you think that watching the, the LPGA, you know, like fundamentally is pretty similar to like women's college basketball? I, I, it's a good analogy. I think I, I I don't I don't disagree with that because they get, they have to play it a little bit more fundamental fundamentally versus just you know hero ball athleticism one on one kind of stuff that you might see in the men's game or the NBA. Um, what would you make of would you make of Caitlin Clark and uh, I guess her as a player? I don't know how much you saw if it was just the Final Four. The whole thing that went down with uh, what's her name, Angel Reese from LSU. Um, as far as Kaylin Clark, she's probably top five college players that I've ever watched play. Like she is unbelievable. Like she is so fun to watch. She's such a such just such a competitor. You know, like you can't hate that player. You know, I mean, somebody just goes out there and fights and digs. And finds ways to win, you know, and she's really good at basketball. But unbelievable passer. Yeah, great passer. I mean, squeezing that ball in places. I mean, the pick and roll, they run it and you're like, there's no way. And then she's in there getting a layup. But as far as what happened in the national, like that to me, that's just basketball. You know, like I think the media wanted it to be more. I think, I think that's just the environment that we live in right now is somebody wants to make more of something. If you play sports, you talk shit. I mean, it happens on the golf course, it happens in pickup basketball. I mean, I, I play with my son and his friends, I don't know, like a month ago. And I was talking shit. Of course, I'm going to talk shit. You've played with me long enough. I mean, that's part of the game. And when you beat somebody and, you know, 
I don't think anybody's feelings got hurt except and, the media. And, well, as I was saying, I, Caitlin Clark's had she had no issue with it. I mean, and I think you understand as a competitor, if if you're going to dish it out, you're you're going to get it back at some point. Um, so I, I, it kind of sucks when you get it back, but you're going to get it back. You know, like it, yeah. it's it's like yeah, she probably deserved that. You know, like, but I think she knew she did. You know, she got beat in that game. So like you said, she was fine with it. Next question. Completely obscure. Uh, Cavatini or Slavi? I always went with Cavatini. <laughs> I didn't, I did not like the Slavi. Slavi was not a desirable uh, item. Uh, I was thinking of that the other day for some reason going to text it to you and then I just decided to, to save it. Um, and, and if people are listening, Cavatini was one of the pasta uh, dishes at Pizza Hut. I still don't, I don't know if it's still around or not. Um, but for some reason, we we nicknamed a alternate dish called Slobby, which, which did not exist. But I feel like it made our parents, I don't know if it made them upset or when we said it or they just laughed. I don't, I don't really I don't know. That but, to, to, but to be fair, like we were, we were young, you know, like it's, I don't want people thinking that like we were just doing this the other day or something, you know, like this is a long <laughs> time ago. So, but I thought of it. The other now day. we would probably, we probably would do it still, but like there's so <laughs> many things over the years that are just like that though, you know, that are these uh, inside just bullshit things that uh, every once in a while I'll just tell a man to text Phil this, see if he knows. And you just, all you always know, you know, like, but Automatic. yeah. Speaking of the college game, uh, Indiana basketball, um, just another year of, yeah, I don't want to say this is, but this was a normal year of mediocrity. We had expectations. Um, I don't think we, we we reached those expectations. To be fair, there was a lot of injuries and stuff like that during the year. Probably finished where we should have overall. Maybe maybe we get around further in the tournament if there's a better matchup. Um, you know, of course, we faced the team that went to the Final Four. Um, you know, we lose one of the best program players in program history, Trace Jackson Davis. I guess overall, where's where's your stance on IU? Are we not? I mean, should we be treating ourselves like we're not an elite program because we're not, or should we still have that expectation that that we are and we're going to get back there? Um, I I don't think that they should act like they're an elite program right now. They kind of have to strip this thing down at some point and just actually rebuild. But the the game's so weird now with the transfer portal, you know, like it changes a lot of things in college basketball. It didn't used to be that way. Guys would come and they might leave a year early for the NBA, but they weren't leaving after their first year for the NBA. You know, like, so, you know, you look back in the 90s, um, late 80s, even 2000s, the basketball that we were kind of the most influenced by, the Indiana basketball, I think they were elite back then. You know, I think they were a, a top 10 program you know, or the potential to be year in, year out. And 
once night left, I mean, things got messy. We went through the Samson bullshit and uh, that didn't help anything. And I, I don't think that they've ever really recovered from that. You know, like the coaching, you know, Crean, Crean was just Crean, you know, like he won some big games and he was, some things happened that were pretty positive with Crean, but then, you know, Miller, nothing happened. And, and what we're doing right now, I mean, I'm not sure what that is. I mean, can, can, can I go back to the Crean guys era? old, the, the Crean era? <laughs> yeah. I, I almost think it's underrated now. I mean, took the program from basically the depths of hell. And it, four years later, we were the number one team in the nation. I think we were the top overall seed in the 2013 tournament. I mean, I know we lost to Syracuse in the Sweet 16, and that was disappointing. But we won the Big Ten that year. We won the Big Ten three years later, I think 2016. We got to the Sweet 16 that year. That was our last Sweet 16 with Yogi. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure why it's looked down or why it's looked upon so negatively years later now, or the whole Korean era. I don't know. Maybe you feel that way though. I, I, I think, no, I mean, when you, when you break it down, like you just did, it, it was actually, it was actually a pretty good run. You know what he had going. It was just, it didn't, it just seemed like all the teams lack some kind of toughness, you know, like the players individually, um, it's kind of like what I was saying about Caitlin Clark, just the competitiveness, you know, like true competitors. You just didn't, you didn't get too many of those guys and it come in, And that's what we grew up on. And I think that's what people started to expect because, you know, Bob Knight, I mean, whatever. I mean, there's, there's so much with Bob Knight that like, there's, there's this part of me that wants to like, Loved the guy, but he was a complete asshole, you know, like, and I, I, if I were a a coach of a team, I would never treat anyone that way because that's just not who I am. Or that's not, that's not how I would be able to do it. I would, I I guess I'm a little bit more about positive reinforcement than like choking a dude. So, you know, right. I mean, but there was a toughness that was instilled in those kids. I mean, there was some pretty tough players that came out of the, those bottom night years. So it's, it, it, there's a, I think there's just like a fine line and, and maybe today's game is so different that that's not what it is anyway. You know, it's, you, you watch any, anything from including high school, but mainly like anything above high school these guys are just jacking shots. I mean, it's all just, it's, it's just jacking threes. There's hardly any like attempt to get the ball. I mean, it's what like having trace Jackson was pretty cool to watch. It was kind of like old school. You know, you had a big guy that you could throw down the block and he could score points on the block. He didn't, you don't know if he has a jump shot because he never took it, you know, like, he was always going to the basket and for oh, years I know we he, didn't really have I know, that presence. I know he doesn't have a jump shot. <laughs> well, don't you think that's going to really negatively affect him in this yeah. NBA? I mean, you yes. got to have a jumper because that's the game in the NBA. That's what I, my whole point is, is if you don't have, you know, a, a 15, 20 footer solid, you know, like, and I mean, shit, guys his size are knocking down threes. No problem. So. Yeah, but it's, it's too. But it's I, too I guess bad. the game as a whole. Yeah, 
Well, it's just a different game than what I grew up on. So it's like, I have to learn how to kind of adapt to the game and the coaching and everything else that goes along with it. So maybe it's just, but as far as it was that, that was probably the cream problem for me. I just didn't feel like their defense was ever any good. I never could score the ball when I played. So I always respected teams that could just go out there and just shut people down, just one-on-one matchups, just shut a dude down, make it worth it that you're on the court because you're probably not score too much. So like at least shut a dude down. And we just didn't really, I don't really have that this year. I mean, Xavier Johnson, when he was like in there, he was, and when he felt like it. Yeah. Um, I, I think you did mention with the Korean era, the lack of defensive intensity or consistency seemed to always hold us back. Man, when I look back at some of the individual talent during that time, I mean, Oladipo, Zeller, Yogi, uh, even guys that are still in the NBA now, like OG, Thomas Bryant. I mean, they had a lot of really good players um, for whatever really reason. Really good. I mean, he could recruit. He could teach offense. It seemed like defense held us back. This this Woodson era, um, I don't know what to make of it yet. It hasn't been it hasn't been bad. He's probably been maybe a little bit better than I thought he might be. Um, like I mentioned the one game where he missed the, he missed the Minnesota game this year because of COVID. I felt like I, I was like, okay, our team looks a hell of a lot worse because I, I don't understand what, uh, whatever his name, the assistant was doing that game with some of the rotations. Um, but it, like you mentioned, he's old, he's not going to be around for, I can't think two, three, four more years. I don't know. Um, I don't know where we go next um, with the next coach, but, you know, the transfer portal, as you mentioned, it's changed the game uh, so much where season ends. And it's almost like the offseason NFL where you're like, okay, who, who's transferring? What are the, you know, who do we need? How many scholarships do we have? Okay. And then, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, that was, IU was hot on a bunch of these guys. Um so I don't know, but I keep going back to am, am I just am I just expecting too much from this program when it hasn't? We've been to two Sweet Sixteens the last ten years, and I mean it's not it's not great. It's not great at all. We had last Final Four twenty plus years ago. Um, I should just alter my expectations. But this is kind of this is our sports fandom. It has been our whole life is mediocrity, um, which goes into. The next question, Chicago Bears, where Justin Fields, is Justin Fields him? <laughs> well, I, I I hope he is. I, I feel like, like he's got as good of a chance as uh, any quarterback that we've had maybe in my lifetime. I don't know. Like, can't think of the last time that we had one that I thought, well, this is going to change everything. I mean, I thought that a lot of times. I think Jay- but it never happened. And I mean, okay, so people hate on Jay all the time, but I I love Jay. I thought he was a great. He was he was a, the probably the the greatest quarterback that ever played in Chicago during my lifetime. And uh, as sad as that may be for people, but like, yeah, I mean, he was one of those fiery guys. He was kind of a prick, you know. Like, I, I think we can appreciate when he's on your team, you know. Like, you can appreciate that, but. Um, but yeah, Jay was good. Um, but I think Justin, I mean, he's got all pieces and if they, 
if they do things right around him, it could, it could be scary good. I mean, there, there's a couple teams in that division. I think the Lions could be really good. You know, like I think there's just some things going on to where the division's kind of turning. And I think I think the Bears are, are going to be on the ups, upswing. And I think a lot of it's going to be from that position. I think we both have liked what the GM, new GM has done. Well, second year GM now. Um, traded the number one pick, but I think the haul back was worth it. DJ Moore, uh, the ninth pick, you know, another first rounder next year. I think he's doing all the right things to build the team in uh, an effective way. We had all this cap space. We still have all the cap space. We saw we still have the most in the league. We, he didn't go nuts like a Ryan Pace spending spree we saw in the past. Um, I think he spent wisely, got some got some needs, not all the needs, and hopefully we can fill those in the draft. Um, I don't know. It's it's it, it all comes down to fields though, and and that's just that's just how the, the NFL is these days. If you don't have the guy. Um, you you just it doesn't feel like you have a chance, but it feels like we have a guy that that could be one of those guys that make that is a difference maker uh, at that position. You just have to have one. Well, it also it also comes down to like luck a little bit. It just comes down like injuries are so huge in in the NFL because of the the length of the season, and, and you know if, even if Fields or any starting quarterback goes down for five or six weeks, it can really alter what that season could have been or would have been mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and even if they come back after that, they may not be a hundred percent. They you know, they're a little bit, but they need to be on the field. So it's, I think a little bit of luck is always involved with it. I think the decisions that uh, the GM is, or that they're making, he's making right now seem to fit what we want, wanted and what we thought since, you know, we are the experts. Um, what we felt like they needed. I think it's the most of the boxes are getting checked and uh, I got to protect him. You know, the, the teams with the quarterbacks that don't get hurt very often protect their quarterback. And that's something that we haven't done. I mean, you go back to Jay and I mean, we were complaining about the line when Jay was there. I mean, <laughs> just, right. he was getting, he was getting smoked. I mean, it, it, this, this is like an ongoing thing. And I don't know at what point the team's like, okay, who gives a shit who the quarterback is? Let's just build, let's get the best line and then we can put pieces behind it. But you're going to get this kid killed if you don't, you don't block for him. So, you know, it, it could end up being the same old story because, you know, every April, you know, we're doing this, you know, like, oh yeah, things are looking great and this is what we wanted. And first couple of weeks of the season, you're like, what the hell is this team? You know, like this guy, this isn't what we wanted it. To be is a junk team, and or they make a run, and then you know they don't make the playoffs, or if they do make the playoffs, you know they're losing in the wild card game. You know, like just like IU, I was happy to get out of the first round. To be completely honest, you know, like just happy to win one, especially with Purdue losing. It kind of didn't matter. It didn't matter when IU lost. It was the fact that Purdue lost when they did. Yeah, one of the best days of my life. I, we just, I was just going to ask that. I mean, I, it was, I was telling someone at work, it was one of like the 10 best sports moments of my life. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I mean, it was, 
Uh, it was everything you wanted uh, as as an IU fan, and I'm sure if it was IU in that position, and Purdue fans would have felt the same way. But I remember texting you after the game, like, I'm like, why was I shaking? Why was I? Why was I so nervous during that game? Like, that's how bad you wanted it to happen. Oh, I was too. I was too. <laughs> it's just, and I, it's, I mean, it was right up there with uh, beating Kentucky. You know, like yep. the shot, and it was right up there, and hand shaking and just like explosion when it's over and yeah pretty horrible to to hate a team that much but they hate us too so what else uh any any tv shows or i guess i don't know if it's tv streaming you've been watching anything good um there's a show i don't know what i think it's on apple uh, it's called Shrinking. That yeah. show is is great. it a is it a Jason Siegel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It is very, very funny, very good. I mean, it it fits exactly what me and Amanda like that kind of comedy because it's comedy, but it's also kind of like dramatic. It's it's solid. Um, we just watched the first episode of Beef on netflix uh we were kind of 50 50 on the first episode like we're not real sure yet um ted lasso we like mm-hmm. lasso it, that, that's i guess this is it uh we're probably middle of the the last season right now yeah um do you watch from that session no uh aaron was just telling me about or he mentioned succession but it, he's the way he made it sound is there's a lot of stuff to follow and mm-hmm. uh, or things were happening kind of quickly. And, you know, so I, I didn't know if that would be for me or not, because I'm kind of a lazy TV show person. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for Amanda, like I probably wouldn't ever watch series like that. Like I just, it's just not my thing. I, I go to sleep to reruns of uh, Grey's Anatomy every night. though. like, that's something we do. Uh, <laughs> It's it's like, pretty cool. Like, it's like the like, like, like the season, third time. season season eighteen of it. <laughs> I don't know what season we're on now. We got I think we have a, a new one to watch, but uh I've watched the whole series now and all the way up to the new stuff. And that the show was kind of always shit, but it was it was entertaining enough, but like it, it is so shitty now. Like the writing is terrible, like it's just it needs to stop. But now it's like we're, I've done this. I'm in it. I'll watch it till the end. But it's not even like I don't even look forward to watching. You know, like it's just like I have to watch it because I've, I'm in this deep with it. But um, but no, and I'm not a real big TV person. You know, I'm just I'll watch sports and I, usually I'll turn on. I, I'm, I hope super bad is on somewhere, you know, even if it's edited, you know, something old or um hangover or something that I can just laugh at for a few minutes, but I don't have to get too invested in. Uh I was gonna mention succession. I I a couple of years ago I watched half a season one and I, I kind of got disinterested. So I don't know if I missed it, missed the point, or if it just got a lot better after um after I stopped. But I didn't I didn't get it like everyone else does um my favorite show right now is uh, yellow jackets on showtime um it's it's like lost meets 
um, Stranger Things meets like some 90s dark comedy. Um, it's got all like the 90s people. Julia, Julia Lewis um, is in it. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's my kind of weird crap that I like, which is like supernatural and it's some horror elements and a little like Lord Meets the Flies or, or, or was Lord of the Flies. Sorry. I knew I was getting that wrong. Um, so it's, if you haven't heard of it, I, I highly recommend it. It's just the, the, the perfect blend of weirdness. Um, season two just started as well. Um, so that's what I'm watching. I don't know if I'm going to listen to that because of that movie you made us go see a few months ago, like that Rink a Link or whatever the that's, whatever that movie was. Yeah, yeah, Skin and Marine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I need a, to get. I need, like I said, I need to get a give it a rewatch just to make sure I feel the way I felt about it. Um, they didn't the, talk in the movie, you know, like that's kind of a problem for me i didn't know that it was going to be that shitty <laughs> or i just wouldn't have went i just want to let you guys go but it, was, it wasn't it wasn't Bad. just me though it was highly touted i mean i was it was who are these people i, I mean the people that watch horror movies regularly and i mean that's again i i mean i was just following the lead on that for months it was buzz about this movie and um yeah, I don't know. Um, what else? What else is going on? Anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I've I've been on a uh, a fitness kick. Like, got back in the gym, going six days a week. Lost lost quite a bit of weight. Feel pretty good. Um, all of it was uh, stupidly golf related. Because um, I figured, you know, I could feel it. You know, I'm getting older. I'm 45. I'll be 46 in June. I could feel later in rounds, my body just got tired. And so my whole intention of this winter was to, to eat better, eat healthier, uh, get away from junky food. And get back in the gym and, and get fit again and at least give myself a chance to at least not let the health part or the fitness part hold me back out of the golf game. And I, I guess the more I learn about the golf swing and, and all this stuff, like athleticism is kind of important, you know, and, and I play a lot of golf, you know, like I play a lot of golf and it just takes its toll on you. So everything that I'm doing is about golf and trying to be a better player. It has nothing to do with like, I mean, obviously I want to live a long, long time too. Um, but that's the, that's, that's an act of golf though, because I don't, I don't want to age poorly to where when I'm 60 or 65, I mean, there's, there's a guy at our golf course that he's 80 years old, 80, 81 something like that and he's still out there playing and he's freaking good and it's like if i'm gonna have to live that long at least let me play this game that long so um i'm in the process of like quitting smoking uh that's obviously a big big thing um for health mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> yeah something i should have never started doing again but it, you know it, it shit happens and it just turned out that way but um it is what it is 
it is what it is. And, and it's just one more thing to, uh, to have to overcome, but I'm, um, we so, both are. So have you noticed anything in your early rounds on the course this year with, has, has that made a difference in your, in your mind as far as whether it's more endurance during the round or at the end of the round or, uh, I don't know, anything related to the actual round of golf? Um, I, as far as like, um, stamina, yes. Like my back does not feel the way that it felt. It still gets that way. If I play 36 holes, um, which we did on like master's Sunday, we played 36 holes. Um, but like, so, so the stamina is better. Um, I feel like because I'm a little bit more mechanical with my golf swing because of the changes, like it is helping like with muscle control, like with what I'm trying to do because I, I wasn't swinging good. I mean, we went to South Carolina and I played, played well one day there. And the rest of the time I played like shit. I mean, I was hitting the driver everywhere, mainly. I was having problems going left over the last couple of weeks. I've like playing here at home. I've, I've felt like the game is going in the right direction. The swing is going in the right direction. I'm starting to get it a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think if nothing else, it's helped me mentally, you know, it's helped me mentally think Now I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's trying to kill the ball, you know, like I wasn't, doing this to get in there and, and gain six miles per hour with my driver or anything, you know, like I've actually decreased my driver speed over the last couple of years, just to try to get my swing the way that it should be before I start. If I work in that direction, hopefully they change the rules and they bring everybody back to me and I'll just be hitting fairways and you guys have to get new shafts. Um, but they probably won't do that. And the game, it's tough. I mean, it, like you said about, 20 yards. I'm lucky to be within 20 yards of you on the tee. I play with Jamie and I mean, Jamie kind of routinely can hit the ball 300, 310. And I'm, I got 50, I'm 50 yards behind him. And I mean, that's, that's a, a quite a few clubs that I have to, and, and I've worked on the irons, but like, so there's part of me that's like, I need to gain more speed. I need to hit the ball farther off the tee. All this goes hand in hand. I don't really want this to be like some fad thing. I just wanted to just wanted to change my lifestyle. I mean, I haven't had sugar in six months. I've tried to stay away from sugar and I've stopped drinking anything but water. And I, I, a lot of the people that I hang out with are kind of doing the same thing and we didn't really talk about it. And I think we're all kind of the same age. And I think it's like, you're looking for that fountain of youth a little bit because the deeper you get in your forties, it just gets different. And, mm -hmm. and it's like, I went on a journey 10 years ago to lose a bunch of weight and to, to get into shape. And I remember what that was like. The, I was, I, I was successful then. Um, obviously I was pretty successful at gaining it all back. Uh, and now I had to, so to get fit again, but like, um, it's harder this time. I mean, I, it takes a lot of willpower to get up at five o'clock every morning and to, to go to the gym and, and, and not just go in there. And like, I see people like watching YouTube on their phone and stuff while they're on machines or on the truck. 
like I can't breathe. I'm pushing myself to a level that like there's I probably shouldn't. But I've I've lost a lot of weight. I feel I actually feel good about the way I look now, and like I I feel I have more confidence. So, um, as far as the golf game goes, I, I hope it'll pay off. I hope we'll see. You know, like at some point I'm gonna have to back down the the workout regimen because I just can't keep it up. I'm too old to work out six days a week and try to play a lot of golf and work. You know, I kind of kind of help out at the golf course as much as possible. Um, they're very good to us and I try to help out up there as much as I can. And so I spend a lot of time there. Um, but I love that place. That's been, it's a great community. <clears throat> and from what I understand, Johnny joined, uh, having even got to talk to Johnny about that, but, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, I mean, we've got some really good players out there. I mean, Jason Smith is a really good player. And not many people know Jamie Dutar, but like, I'm telling you this guy, if, if he gets his head in this, this deal, like he's as good as anybody I've seen play. Like he can hit the ball as far as anybody. He, he just, just got to keep his head in it. And Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor is a great player. He just never gets to play golf. He's too busy doing that, uh, that head pro thing or club club pro at the, uh, at the course. And he just, I mean, he told me the other day that he hadn't played until, since South Carolina, like for league. That was the first time that he had played. And I don't know how many times I've played golf in that period of time, that same period. And he just hadn't been on the course at all. And he just sits there and looks out the window at it all day. So, um, but he's another really, really good player. And Tom is obviously a good player. A same, same kind of deal with Tom. Tom gets to play a little bit more golf, but, um, Good community. One of the best things I ever did was join there. It's totally changed my uh, my opinion of kind of like golf in general. When you're not never a member somewhere, and then I, I never was, just kind of a journeyman, I guess, just travel around to <laughs> wherever I could get on a course. Uh, you know, to <laughs> to actually be part of a course and to be involved with it and to see how everything works and and to have that kind of like family atmosphere it's it's pretty awesome wish i would have done it a long time ago yeah it's nice to i think have that 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 group of guys and it seems like a, a pretty big group of guys at riverbend and and ladies um that you can regularly get a game with and there's always someone there to play with and on the weekend, especially. And um, it's, it sounds like a pretty good place. So, you know, know a lot of the people, obviously you and a few others. And um, it seems, yeah, I mean, it, Tom's built it up really nicely the last few years and the course has really improved and that's some of the best screens in the city and the whole thing. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the journeyman stage, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm just, basically like a part-time player and whenever i get out i figure out where i'm going to play and whether it's with you at riverbend or pine valley with brady or go play autumn by myself or whatever but um it's nice to have that regular continuity and know where you're going to play and learn that golf course and the ins and outs of it and when i play riverbend i'm talking to you about where to hit in certain spots and um so it's nice to it's nice to have that 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 knowledge that uh, of a specific place like 
like you have there. So it's been good to see. It's been good to see you enjoy. Yeah, it. I, uh, I mean, there's there's negatives that come with it too because I, I've got to watch uh, Amanda uh, play pretty much primarily Riverbend uh, through her short golf career, uh, but she has been competing in some of these Three Rivers events. Um, Brookwood, you know, like to go from the greens at Riverbend to Brookwood, I really felt like in that specific tournament, I mean, it was kind of tough for her to fail by the, the tour. They kind of missed the, the boat on some stuff as far as the tee boxes and uh, really wet conditions. And it, it was just a little unfair, but that's fine. I addressed that with, uh, with their leadership, um, which I'm sure uh, went over real well. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it did. But anyway, um, just to watch her putt and just to watch her struggle putting. And then she played in the McMillan event, kind of the same idea, same. The greens are obviously, they're actually pretty decent at McMillan uh, that weekend. Thought they rolled pretty good, but she just wasn't ready for it, you know. It, mm. And that's kind of the stage of golf that she. It's harder for her to adjust, you know, three years deep in the game than it is for one of us. That we we already know going into that that those greens aren't going mm. to putt like Riverbend. There, there's no undulation. There's you know they're just not the same greens. But it just. And but that that's kind of fun for me, you know to. to to be this close to somebody who's so new in the game and to see, okay, so something happened the other day and I'll brag on her just for a minute and then we can do something else. But uh, the first time in her career, she got to a par five and two and had a 25 footer for Eagle. And she was like 175 yards out on her tee shot. And she, she hit the, hit the five wood over the, the lake. And that was another thing. It was on number at number eight. So like she had to hit it over the lake mm-hmm. to get to that green, kind of a gutsy shot, something that she only tried in like our couple scramble. And most of the time it didn't work out very well. I don't think it ever really did, but she hit it pure, hit the green and yeah. big smile and that that was a, it was a cool moment because i'm like you can just mark that off the list because like all the stuff that she's done in golf in in three years it's been pretty awesome and she wants to get better she wants to she she did not win the club championship last year and uh, i think that bothers her a little bit i think she uh, who she can she's competing against really like the primary person grew up in golf with a, a pro as a dad and you know, a little bit of an advantage, but, uh, but Amanda's competitive and she wants to, to get there. And, uh, it's been, it's been really fun and enjoyable to watch that her and Davis to watch them play the game and to get better. I think Davis is twice as good as he was when he was in high school. Like something just happened to where maybe it mattered too much in high school or you try too hard and once he just starts getting out there playing comfortable golf, he's just playing a lot better. So, but that's fun for me. And I'm sure you see it, you know, it probably wasn't quite as fun on Sunday at the the par three or Saturday at the par three course for you (laughs) at that age, but you got to start somewhere. And and, and if it's a, it's a hell of a game for a kid that uh, either one of your boys is at that, at that age, like it's a, it's a hell of a time to get into the game. And there's a lot of junior stuff in, in Fort Wayne that they can, 
get involved with and if they if they want to go that route yeah but it would yeah, be good for you yeah it's uh yeah i was going to mention about amanda playing with her obviously a lot uh, you know i you can see that she wants to improve asking a lot of questions and you know she'll see something um you know even me not playing with her a, um, a ton she'll ask me for some thoughts you know once in a while about putting or chipping or whatever if she's you know i've seen that she absorbs a lot from other people so obviously the want to is a big part of golf and learning and how how to get better and she seems to buy into all that and that's a big deal um so that's and i yeah. think the plane like when she she became a member there too like she's always played with pretty decent players i mean they're better than her you know like um so i think that's part of it with golf like if you play with the competition you know you kind of play up to your competition a little bit and i think that's helped her advance and, and learn a little bit quicker too but i mean i couldn't ask for anything better to have a, a girlfriend that is in love with golf and wants to be at the course maybe more than me you know like if she could yeah. be there all the time, I think she would. I, it's just, a, it's a great situation. My kids, I mean, Davis just turned 19. I must turn in 21. Like I'm done with that shit. It's, and it honestly, it feels fucking great. It, it feels great to be done with it because now like I get my life back and I can be a human being again and I can do all the shit that I want to do. And it's nice. It, it really is nice. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of my life now. I got a lot to live for. That's why I want to get in shape. Got a long uh, way to go. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention the uh the 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 McMillan Par three course um experience was it was very um it was very tough because we we walked, it was 80 degrees that day, and um, you know, I got one kid, the older one that his attention span seems to kind of be get bored pretty quickly. And surprisingly, the other one was really into it, really focusing, couldn't, couldn't hit the golf ball worth much at all. And then the other one would kind of get up there and lace it. And the, the other one would get kind of pissy about it because he seemed to care more, but um, yeah, I don't really expect it to go too far, but I told them if we're, if we're interested, let's, uh, you know, let me know. We'll, we'll invest into some halfway decent equipment. Um, right now we are, we were out there with some garage sale stuff, um, that, that way I scrounged together, but, um, yeah. And you was, know, all kinds of pros that are their teachers now that, uh, can, uh, that's right. That's right. I did, I, 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 did, right I, I did think of that if we, if we ever get that far, but, um, yeah. It's it is fun to, to to do that stuff with your kids and um, whether it's Davis you know who's much older or you know mine that are much younger. Um, I got you know I've pretty much that's I, I've tapped into what what I figured we we discussed so um, I, I got I'm pretty much out. Um, I think we're we're kind of hitting the wall on time. Anything else you want to end with here before we go? Um. Just check on your people, you know, there's make sure all your people are good. I lost a, lost a friend this last weekend and uh sad story and uh, not going to get into it, but you know, just, just check on your people, make sure they're good. It's, uh, it's kind of the worst to, to hear that someone's harmed themselves and, uh, 
just uh, take care of each other. I mean, there's, there's just too much, there's not enough time to be mad about everything. And, and uh, people are so pissed anymore. I think I used to be that way. And I think I've just learned it's just not worth it. And uh, life's short. Enjoy your time here. Other than that, I think I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I it's think we're supposed to be, be doing like a supposed to be doing a ten cup show or something at some point. It's been Ugh. talked about for months. I, it's it's been months. You know, my my one of my bad habits is saying next week we're going to do this show, and then somehow that falls through. And um, I did that a couple weeks ago when Callahan was supposed to be on, and he had something with his schedule that dropped through. So we're still working on that. So I won't say when the ten cup show. It's going to happen, but it, it needs to happen. Um, again, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so now I kind of want to get back to it and continue down that, that Days of Thunder theme of, of sports, movies, rewatchables. Um, probably Hoosiers needs to be on that list at some point as well. That'd be a good one to dive into a little Hoosiers bit. Hoosiers would be good. So, but yeah, yeah good, good to have you back on, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on a little bit more as we get closer to um i don't know some other stuff maybe we won't maybe it'll be six months and we'll hear from you again hey if anybody's listening five or better preferably scratch get a hold of us we need we need you please saturday thanks brian for changing that date saturday the 29th for your schedule up and uh we'll see you out there so all right uh thanks for listening your best bets uh I don't know if we'll have another show this week, but uh, I'm sure we'll be back at least uh, next week with Brian Straley talking about the FWGA and the schedule of this season. So thanks for listening. Catch you next time.